Come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh, it's near coming. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burden. Whoa. Are you in, you're in a different key or something? So how do people go to heaven? Well, in answering this very important question, Jesus spoke figuratively about one of these, a sheep pen. So a sheep pen is made up of these stone walls that come together and form a narrow opening. So before evening sets in, the shepherd gets his flock into the protection of a sheep pen, and then he himself serves as the gate to a sheep by sitting or laying in this narrow opening so that nothing can get in and nothing can get out without going through the shepherd. say to start with, I'm preaching with a little bit of a heavy heart today. Um, some of you have heard about this. Last weekend, I was out on the, our old boat on Beaver Lake, and it died out in the lake, and we had to have it towed to shore. Took it to a boat dealer, fix-it shop place, and it got the word this week that it's dead. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, so they said it's going to cost more than it's worth to fix it. Um, the good news is Greg thinks we might be able to revive it. So, yeah, if he's willing to help me, you know, if it's me reviving it, it's dead. But if Greg's willing to help me, so just want to let you know, you know, I, I'm going to make it through it. I'm going to be okay, but 
I'm going to still preach today, so here we go. So we're, we're in week three of our I Am series. Uh, going to have a little test today. Can you remember what week one was? Okay, I, I know it's going back two weeks. Uh, okay. Don't look. Okay. Now, can you read it? <laughs> okay, so on the bread of life, week two, on the light of the world. Okay, those are our, our two things. And uh, we're going to continue this morning. And I, I have good news. In the midst of my, my bad news that I shared with you, you guys should be excited about this. For the next two weeks, we're going to talk about sheep. Yes! Woohoo! Uh, if you don't know me, I, I love sheep. Uh, I raise sheep, and so both of our IMs, you can see them up there. Uh, this week is I am the gate for the sheep. Next week's I'm the good shepherd. And so, uh, as I mentioned, I, I love sheep. I raised sheep when I was growing up. They started as a 4-H project and uh, kind of developed into a pretty big deal. At, at one point, I had up to like 40 ewes, and, and then when they'd have babies, you had have all those babies, but... Um, I thought we'd better start with a little education lesson today, just to make sure that you guys know some of the basic terms for, for sheep stuff. So it, it's kind of like when Holly and I first got married, I, I needed to teach her some of the finer things in life, like what teams were in the Big 8 at the time, now it's the Big 12, uh, which teams are in the Big 10, you know, what's the nickname of, you know, whatever the... Kansas City what and so we had to have these testing times and because those are important she grew up in Taiwan and she needed to know these things right (laughs) yes okay you guys are like oh my goodness Dan is weird okay I admit that Uh, so there's a few things about sheep Uh, okay what's a a U E-W-E female sheep good Uh, what's a a ram or a buck male sheep how about a, a lamb Okay, a baby sheep, and then maybe a little harder one. What's a, a weather? Okay. It's a boy sheep who has a higher voice now, okay? So you, you can think about that a little bit, but that, that's a weather. Um, so I owned a kind of sheep called Suffolk, and they have, they have black faces. They're my favorite breed of sheep. Uh, they're grown for their, their meat production and for their wool. Uh, but I learned a lot raising sheep. That's a Suffolk on the screen there. Um, you know, I learned a lot about sheep, but I also learned a lot of life lessons by, by raising sheep. I also learned that, that sheep can be pretty dumb at times as well. Okay, those of you, anybody else ever raise sheep or have sheep? Yeah, they can be pretty dumb sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and so the, I'll give you an example. Uh, one time I was uh, going to the county fair, and I had a lamb, well, I had several lambs, but one of the lambs, uh, there's the row of sheep on the back row, the next row over was a row of horses. And in this horse pen, it had a bunch of really green leafy hay. And my lamb could stick its head through the, the pen and get to that hay. And I guess it loved that hay. And so my lamb just ate all night long, ate that hay. And so I come in the next day and, and it, there was like a balloon in, in my lamb. It was, instead of going like this, it was like this. Not even kidding. And, and uh, my uncle's a vet. He looked at it. He's like, I, I don't know if it's going to make it. it. It almost ate itself to death. I'm like, how dumb can you be? Just stop eating. So it, it did survive. Uh, I showed that lamb. 
But it was embarrassing because <laughs> I'm walking in there like, oh, <laughs> like I mean. <laughs> so that lamb didn't do that that well that time. So sheep can be um, pretty dumb. Turns out that sheep are you know used a lot as an analogy in the Bible, and it also turns out that people are a lot like sheep, and yeah, we're always not so intelligent as well, right? And so God knew what he was talking about when, when he compared us to sheep. But it wasn't just people in, in Jesus' times, in the New Testament times, that uh, weren't very smart. It went all through Scripture. In the Old Testament, there were you know, many passages that, that spoke of the, the Jewish rulers as, as bad shepherds and, and God as the ultimate shepherd. Of course, you remember the 23rd Psalm. How's that start? The Lord is my shepherd. And, and it's you know, one of the most comforting passages in the Bible. And, and so we see this theme all throughout Scripture. They would also uh, remember, the people that we're talking to today, that Jesus was talking to, they would remember that God promised to send uh, to the Jewish people a Messianic shepherd, a, uh, a second King David, and, and who would save them um, and who would care for them like God cared for them. And, and it's, a, it's prophesied that this, this would come, and Jesus is going to identify himself as this prophesied messianic king. Um, and so they were, they were looking for this. They were looking for more of a King David style. You know, David was a military king. They think, okay, we're going to get a military king. He's going to come and, and help us get out under this Roman oppression. And that's not the kind of king that they were talking about at least not in the physical realm. Okay, you read the book of Revelation, and we went through that a while back, and you see that, that Jesus isn't messing around in the spiritual realm. But, so as we dig into our passage today, we're going to see again, just like we have the first two weeks, some big claims by Jesus, and, and they shouldn't be taken lightly. And, and, and so once you understand what Jesus is claiming, there's really only a couple options. That one of them is he's, he's crazy, Okay, he, he thinks that all these things that he's claiming are true, but he's really, you know, just crazy. Okay, there's been others who said they were the Messiah, and, and they weren't. They were crazy, so that could be an option. Uh, he, another option is that Jesus, he knows that he's not the Messiah. He's just trying to deceive everybody. He's lying about it. Okay, that's an option. Or the other option is that he actually is who he said he was. You know, sometimes people say, oh, he was just a good man, a, a good teacher. Uh, he can't be that, okay? Because he wouldn't be, he's lying. Because he, he said that he was more than a, a good teacher. So we have to decide when you get to that point, what are you going to do with that? And so let's read our passage this morning. It's uh, John 10. And we're in verse 1 through 10, verses 1 through 10 today. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. 
All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, so let me give you a little bit more background. You saw the video at the beginning. Uh, the place where the sheep would sleep for the night uh, it was the sheep pen, or sometimes it's called the sheep fold. And it's a safe haven, okay? It, it provided protection for the sheep. Usually shepherds would bring their, their sheep back to the village. If they weren't too far, far away, they'd go to the village pen. And uh, there might be two or three different shepherds who would bring their sheep in there. Uh, usually pretty small flocks uh, in the 20 to 30 range, sometimes up to 100, but usually in the, in the smaller range. And so if they were near the village, they would come in and, and take the sheep there. Um, if they weren't, if they were far away and, and it really wasn't practical to come back to the village, they would try to set up some kind of temporary pen uh, with rocks and bushes and, and that kind of stuff and, and set that up. Or if there was a, a, a natural valley that would protect them or a cave, things like that, that's what they would do. Um, and so, in the morning... The, sheep or the shepherd would, would come out and, and, and call them, okay? The, the thieves would, would try to come in another way during the night, right? They're, they would try to sneak into the sheep pen. Uh, maybe there's a hole in the pen or make a hole in the pen. Um, and if it was out in the countryside, that, that's usually when the shepherd, you saw him sitting in the gate. That was usually more of a countryside type of thing. That's when they would become the gate, and that's what Jesus is talking about. Um, and this, would, this image, you know, we're not used to that kind of thing. This one made complete sense to the, the reader. Like, oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about. And, and that would have, you know, Jesus was so good at, at visual images. But there was an intimacy between the, the Jewish shepherd and his sheep. And, and the, the shepherd knew his sheep very well. Uh, I remember uh, getting to know my sheep pretty well also. And there were certain ones that... You know, that just stood out. We had the jumper, and uh, the jumper could jump over any fence. And so uh, we just really let that sheep go wherever it wanted to. And, and so it would jump. We had uh, Chubbins, was one that we named, was a very fat sheep. <laughs> so, so it just ate a lot. And, and then there was other ones that you just kind of know little features about them. Before you even see their ear tag, you know, okay, that's that sheep. And, and this, you know, produces good lambs or just different things about them um, that's even more the case with the Jewish shepherd they, they knew every little thing because they spent all their time to them probably talked to them uh, because who else are they going to talk to when they're out in the in the pasture with their sheep and and so they got to know them very well in verse three again it says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and so the sheep knew the shepherd, the shepherd knew the sheep, and they trusted the shepherd. And they knew in the morning, if this is their shepherd calling, he's going to take them out to a good place to eat grass. They trusted that. And so they would follow him. And it was only those sheep that they knew. The other ones would stay there until their shepherd was ready to go. Uh, I remember calling my my sheep in when it was we needed to have them up by, in the pen or they needed some it was time to eat and I would call at them and, and they would come but the better thing even was we had a metal bucket with a metal lid 
And if they heard that, because they knew there was corn in that bucket, they would come running from wherever. And um, I wasn't always probably as patient as the shepherds were in, uh, in the Bible times. I, I remember one time I had called them all in, and there was kind of a lane once they got up to the lane that went into the pen. There's always one sheep that had to do its own thing. And, and it was so frustrating. So they come in, but the one sheep misses the lane and is trying to, like, get in through another way. It's not working. I'm getting frustrated, and uh, so I'm trying to get it in. Some of the other sheep are starting to go back out. And I'm not proud of it, but I yelled a very not nice word at the sheep, okay? And I thought I was by myself. And so right after I yelled that word, I heard behind me my dad coming down the hill, uh, you need some help, Dan? <laughs> uh, well, yes, I do. I do. Um, so I wasn't always so patient with my sheep like the Jewish, Jewish shepherd was. But in the second part of this passage, uh, we're going to look at next week. Okay, we're just looking at verse 1 through 10 today. Uh, the next part, uh, Jesus talks about being the shepherd. Okay, that's typically what we kind of think of. Jesus, you know, Jesus is the shepherd. God is our shepherd. Um, but today... He, he's calling himself something else, right? He, he's not the shepherd. He's the what? The, the gate, okay? And so the gate keeps the, the good stuff in and the bad stuff out, right? And, and so the gate is the barrier. Look at verse 9 again. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, okay? In, in sheep terms, the gate protects the sheep from uh, bad guys, from wild animals, in spiritual terms, I think this is a really interesting analogy. I am the gate. I'm the gate. So like I mentioned earlier, sometimes the, the shepherd, would, he would sleep across the entrance to the sheepfold, especially when they're out in the wild. And you make sure nobody can enter or leave without going through him. And so he was the gate. And now Jesus is saying, that's me. That, that's what I am. I'm the gate. You have to go through me for salvation. That's a big claim, right? That's, that's our, our really big claim. So Jesus says, that's me. And, and if the sheep found a way out of the pen, another way, okay, they would no longer be under the protection of the, the shepherd. Okay, that they're out on their own. They, they were vulnerable to wild animals or to wandering away and, and, and getting lost. A lot of you have, have had times in your lives where you thought you needed to kind of go out on your own. And you, you weren't sure if, if you really, you know, were buying into all this Christian stuff and, and, and maybe you grew up in the church and you're just like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And, and you kind of went out and you said, I, I need to try it. And, and you started to realize that, you know, it's not that great out there, right? But then you realized that the shepherd was still saying, come on back. I'm still here. I still want to protect you. You might need to reread Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, to just remind you how patient and how much God wants us to come home. Some of you have decided, okay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back under God's protection. And you're in a much better place. You and and some of you, and I was here for a long time, you're kind of keeping one foot on each side. 
I kind of want God's protection, but I kind of want to do my own thing too. And you're just kind of in and out. And you just kind of, you don't feel right, but you just feel like this is what I need to do. And I I would just say, I did not feel true joy and peace in my life until I said, I'm not going to just keep one foot in, one foot out. I'm going all in. And so some of you might be there. Here's what happens to the sheep who are under God's protection. This is good stuff. It says, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. And, and I love this last part. They will have life and have it to the full. Okay, not only will these sheep be saved, they will have a, a full life. Okay, they will have a full, rich life. The shepherd is going to take them to the, the greenest pastures. Because he knows where they're at. And, and he knows that if we, we go over this hill... There's a little valley over there that's, that has water in it, and, and there's green grass. And he's going to take them there. You know, the, the false teachers, they, they destroy things. They'll lead them into areas that, you know, what, there's poisonous weeds or whatever. They destroy. Jesus came to, to build things up and protect. False teachers destroy. Do you see the difference there? It's total opposites. The thief has no good intentions. Have you ever built a, a tower of blocks with a, a small child? And you build it, and, and maybe the first time you kind of spend a lot of time and you're making it really cool. And, and what do they do right, as you, right after you build it? Yeah, boom. And you're like, I just spent destroy but then what do they do build it again do it again and and so you build it again and and this time you don't build it quite as nicely because you know they're going to knock it down and and, and they just they knock it down again and it's a fun game to them and 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 so they're tearing it down you're building it up so satan likes to tear down okay jesus likes to build up and no i'm not comparing kids to satan (laughs) Well, maybe some, but <laughs> but you get the idea. Uh, Jesus builds up. Okay, Satan tears down. Uh, let's talk about thieves and robbers for a minute. Verse 1 again says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Okay, in, in the first century... Like we've talked about, the, the shepherd had to be on constant watch for somebody that's going to do something to the sheep. Um, now, I got to thinking, what is the difference between a thief and a robber? Okay, why does it say that in here? And as I thought about it, I don't think it matters that much to this story. But aren't you a little curious now? Thief and a robber, some of you know. Well, Google it. Right? No, I already Googled it for you, so here we go. Um, so a thief, uh, so the... Robbery involves taking of property without permission and involves force or the threat of force, okay? That's robbery. Theft involves taking someone's property without permission, but there is not force and the victim doesn't necessarily have to be present, okay? So you, there you go. That's bonus information. You don't have to pay extra for that. And I do take tips later, but no. But so that's robbery and theft. Like I said, I don't think it really has that much to do, but it makes it doubly, if you're saying both of them, 
these thieves and these robbers. Um, back to stealing sheep. Often the, the theft was done by getting into the pen at night, okay? So it's in the dark. Remember last week we talked about I am the light of the world. Um, and so it's often done in the dark. And it's, you know, they're sneaking in there. They're, they, they only come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's done by force because, remember, the sheep aren't going to go to somebody's voice that isn't their shepherd. And so they're forcing them to go. Um, and so we think about that, and then you talk about, okay, what's Jesus talking about in this story? And I'd say he, he's primarily referring to the, the self-serving Jewish leaders uh, who were supposed to be good shepherds of God's people, but in reality, they were not. They were good to themselves. They did not have the best interests of the people in mind. And Jesus didn't like that, right? He's hard on those guys. And today, the thieves would be people who try to snatch others away from Christ in any way. You know, whether it be a, a false teacher, uh, maybe somebody that teaches a, a form of salvation by works, not by grace. Um, maybe it's people that teach things that you, you can save by other ways besides Jesus Christ. Um, it'd be anybody that Satan uses to kind of pull people away from the shepherd. And so we all have to be careful about who we follow, okay? Because it, it looks good. Well, you talked about a lamb and a sheep and wolf's clothing. So we need to be careful. So, so what is Jesus claiming today in our passage? Okay, it's pretty clear he's claiming that he is the entrance to eternal life. Okay, you, you can't just be a part of the kingdom unless you go through the gate. Jesus says he's the gate. And so there's not a side entrance. There's not a, a back door. There's not a way around this. And, and I understand that this isn't necessarily a politically correct thing to try to say in a lot of circles today. Um, let me just say this. There are some things that we need to be a little sensitive to as Christians. Things are, that are not directly um, related to expanding the kingdom of God or their gray areas. Uh, I'm sorry, but sometimes Christians need to get off their high horse a little bit, okay? Some things are opinions. Um, however, there are some things that in a loving way, not with a hammer, but in a loving way, we should not give a rip if it's politically correct or not. Just to be honest, and this is one of them. He said, I, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Okay, that's not... a uh, open for a conversation kind of thing, right? He's saying it. This is Jesus directly saying it. We can't compromise that. But I think one of the best ways to convince people of that is for them to see how awesome it is to be a part of God's flock. Okay? Not beating them over the head, but, but people seeing, man, look at the joy that they have in their lives. There is something about them. There's something different. They need to see that the grass is actually greener with Jesus. It's not the scruffy stuff, this leftover stuff. Jesus, they need to see He is going to take us to the green pastures. Listen one more time to how awesome it is going to be to be a part of God's flock. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. See, if we stay under God's grace and God's care, we are protected. Not from the effects of this world. Okay, that's not what this is talking about. Yucky stuff happens in this world. It's still going to happen. People get sick and, and all of us will eventually die unless Jesus comes back first. Okay, life is hard. Hey, that's not what he's talking about. You know, one thing about having sheep is that they will find about any excuse to die. <laughs> a lot of, they say, you know, a lot of times by the time you realize a sheep is sick, it's too late. They're probably going to die. And I, I saw that several times. And so I wanted to tell you one more sheep story. Are we up for one more sheep story today? Okay, I'll probably have some more next week. But that, So, uh, you know, I was in sheep for several years, and... Uh, one year, I went out, and I bought the most expensive sheep I've ever bought. It was a ram, and I was excited about it, and it, it was getting close for the time to turn him in with the, the ewes, and got to be the day before, and I went out to the pasture to check on my ram, and it was dead. I was just laying there in the pasture dead. I'm like, what in the world? I don't know if he got too excited or what, but <laughs> he was dead, so... Now what do I do? It, you know, I don't have anything to do. And, and so I, I talked to this guy who's well-known sheep guy, one of the you know, biggest names in the industry. He happened to live not too far from me, and he'd kind of taken me under his wing a little bit. And he said, well, how would you like to rent one of my rams? Like, you can rent a ram? <laughs> wow. And, and his, you know, I bought a nice one. His were, like, super nice, some of the best in the country. I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. So I think he probably gave me a discounted price on renting a ram. But so we did that, and uh, it worked. They, you know, they had the babies, and uh, that that summer I started showing the lambs. Went to the county fair, did pretty well, not great. But then we went to the the state fair, and it's like the my lambs just were matured at just the right time. And first you show them individually. This is the Iowa State Fair, the great state fair. Um, yeah, don't miss it. I miss it. I haven't been there since I've been here. But so first you show them individually, and I was doing really good. I was getting purple ribbons, and, and things were going well. And, and then after that, you come back and you can show them as a pen of three, okay? And, and so I, you get your best three. You, you put them together, and I start showing them, you know, with two other friends helped me. And I won my class. You, they're divided into weight classes, and so somehow I won my class. I'm like, this is awesome. I didn't expect this at all. And so then after that, you bring in the class winners and, and you show for the overall grand champion. And so we do that. And, and so he narrowed it down, you, you know, like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And by the way, there's 1,200 lambs in this show. So it's a big deal. Um, and, and he got down to two. And he put my lambs in second place. And there was another group in first place. And I'm still thinking, holy cow, I'm, I'm going to get second place at the Iowa State Fair. This is so awesome. And he looked at him for probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's like he just couldn't tell. And right at the last minute, he switched my lambs into first place. And I, I'm not, this is not just a made-up sheep story. I got grand champion pen of three at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. I know. I couldn't believe it. So, uh, so then... 
it changed everything for me. So now everybody wanted to buy my lambs, like this guy from Texas. He bought these three lambs. They're just market lambs, so they're not worth that much. He, he bought them and took them and showed them in Texas uh, for a lot of money. And then the next spring when I had baby lambs again, all these people wanted to buy my lambs. And, and, and so it was an awesome thing. And I'm, and, and I'm thinking it started with my ram that died, and I thought it was devastating, and it turned out into a, a really cool thing. Now, I don't know if, if God was a part of that or if, if, you know, what. It feels like he was. But I tell that story because I think sometimes in, in our lives, there, there's junk that happens. And, and we think, man, where is God in this? I, I don't see why this is happening. I, I don't understand But I think Jesus is using an illustration here uh, of sheep, of saying there's all these bad things, these bad, these thieves, these robbers, these things that can happen. But you know what? If you come under, through me, under my care, I will give you life and I'll, I'll give it to the full. Isn't that awesome to think about? It's not just a, oh, I'm saved, no big deal. No, it's a huge deal. I hope everyone here has said, I, I, want, I want to be a part of God's flock. I hope you all said that. If you haven't said that, man, Jesus says it's through me. I'm the gate. If some of you have kind of started to go out on your own, it's time to come back under God's care. You're going to realize it either now or later that it is not worth it out there. Okay? Like I said, it doesn't mean you're not going to have tough things in life. It's not about that. It's about being under God's care now, but then for all eternity to be with God is an incredible thing. Jesus said, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Let's pray. God, you are such an awesome God. And I, I'm thankful that we can look at your word and we can see this is what Jesus claimed. And that we can take those claims and we can decide. You said, okay, here it is. What are you going to do with it? I thank you for all those who have said, I, I want to be a part. I want to go through the gate of Jesus and be a part of God's flock. If there's anybody here who's on the fence today, I pray that you'll just work in their hearts. If there's anybody that needs to come back into the fold, I pray that that will happen as well. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray.